This is the Ed Milet Show. All right, welcome back to Max Out, everybody. I am very excited and somewhat concerned about today's show uh, because I've got a bunch of powerful men. There's a lot of testosterone in the Zoom today. And I have one of, uh, I'll tell you what I have here today. Uh, the more and more I've got to know these guys, especially Dad, Gordy, I've got one of the great American business and life stories sitting right here. You know, and, you know, I want you to imagine something. Imagine a father who ends up having all of his sons, all five boys, play professional sports. Just think about that for a second. Let me give you the odds of that because I looked it up. One dad, by the way, a great mom too, but today we're going to focus on the dad and the boys. One father, five sons, all play professional sports. The odds of that, one in 31 million. And then on top of that, turns out all of them, post sports and during sports, have all become successful entrepreneurs. All of them have been successful businessmen. All of them were successful in school as well. And so this is a really remarkable story, kind of a hidden story because most people know one of the sons would play in the NFL, Rob. But I've got all of them here today, so I want to welcome the Gronkowski boys to the Max Out program. Welcome, gentlemen. Thanks for being here. Yeah, yeah. Hey. Uh, first off, I'm the only one who hasn't graduated from college yet. Uh, so thank you for the compliment that, you know, we're all masterminds and we all, uh, you know, we're very well schooled. But my brother, Glenn, he graduated with two degrees at Kansas State. So he let me borrow uh, his uh, one of his degrees. So I, I got one now, too. So thank very you. Good. And for those of you that are not on YouTube, that was Rob, the college non-graduate of the family here. <laughs> and what we're going to do today, you guys, is just so the audience knows, this is going to go all over the place because I'm interviewing basically six people at once. So we're going to interrupt each other and it'll probably be a little bit of a shit show, which is okay because you're going to learn a lot. Any of you, why should you be listening today? You should be listening today because you want to become a better entrepreneur or you want to get more fit or you want to raise better children, or you want to know a little bit about how to develop and lead successful people. And Gordy, the leader of the family, the more I've read, the more he and I have talked, the more impressed I am. I want to read a quote to you, Gordy, but I want to start with you because you're the center of all this stuff that's happened with your sons. And this is from Growing Up Gronk, but I thought this was interesting. It said, Growing Up Gronk has always meant being pushed and pushing back, fighting and scrapping, showing off to gain bragging rights without letting the their egos become inflated. It seems to me like, like a centerpiece of this family has been mental toughness and competition. It's at least been part of it, right? How did you oh, do that? With these that's been a big part of it. Of years? Talk about that a little bit, Gordy. Yeah, it was a big part of it. And as I grew older, you know, I didn't have to really get involved anymore because they just got each other going constantly. And they were just promoting each other constantly. And they're just getting each other going. And it was like when I got him in the basement for the first time, you know, my oldest son, he didn't want nothing to do with the basement. And then I got the second guy down there and, and I started him in eighth grade and weightlifting. I said, Hey, cause I knew they had more talent than the other kids. Cause I coached them all. And then once I got him in there in the basement, Danny, the next thing, it was just like a virus, you know, going through the family. And I didn't have to really go down there and really push him that much because they pushed themselves. It was a great thing for dad to see. It was a phenomenal thing to see how they pushed each other. Was it ever a, a negative thing, all the competition? No, I, I thought it was great, you know, and 
my rule in the house was no punch in the face and no punch in the midsection. And they used to go at it all the time. It was a good brawl every single day, and it was competition. What I did in the basement, too, I set up um, trophy racks, and each one had their own trophy case. And, uh, and it was like competition who got the trophies downstairs. And they all bragged about it. When they did some, they were proud of themselves. But they stayed humble about it, too, you know, because I said, hey, let that do the brag, and you guys just stay humble and do your thing and, you know, and just keep working at it. Were you uh, – I'm curious, like – all the humor that I see now, was that part of the equation too? Like, was it always, you know, light and funny and y'all taking shots at each other? Was that part of something you did really serious? Because, Gordy, I was reading about you. I'm going to ask you this. I, I feel kind of a kinship with you. My dad was an alcoholic, and uh, but involved. My dad's now my best friend. He's been sober 30-plus years. But I know what it's like to grow up where not everything's okay with dad. My sense is... That had to have an you make that had to have an impact on you. If I'm wrong, correct me. But not having the perfect dad relationship at the time did that make you when you decided, hey, I'm going to be a dad to be more involved, more engaged with the boys. I know I'm going deep early, but I'm curious if that had anything to do with it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when I grew up, my dad was never there, and uh, he never came to my ball games. He never came to my little league games, and that. Uh, and then with my sons, I always wanted to be a part of that, and. It was, and I was always there for my kids, and I coached them, and I did all that. But on the other hand, I grew up from a middle and lower class family. I mean, we had our electric turned off and that, and it was just me and my brother. And my dad, he was a very physical person, too. He liked to hit. And I just never wanted to be like him, you know. And, and I brought my kids up. I didn't want to bring my kids up like that. And I think it was a, you know, it made me tough. It made me and my brother really tough, you know, just because we went through that. And it's really good that we went through it. I mean, I still love my dad, and I'm sure you love your dad, but it's just a different love. Yeah. And it's, it is, it's, um, like I said, with my kids, I didn't want that for them at all. And I realized that, and I wanted to be there for my kids because everything I hated, you know, because you wanted to your dad there so you could say, hey, dad, you're proud of me, and have those nice comments come from your dad and all that stuff. But I never had that, so I had to feed myself. And that's basically, I was a punk kid because there was no direction there. And I had to go through it and learn it myself. Yeah, and you, he was also a good athlete, everybody listening to, kind of didn't get the encouragement from dad. Not all of his coaches supported him. Like I did a podcast. I was a guest on one, Gordy, on a dad podcast. And the dude hosting it actually said a lot better stuff than I did. But he said the one thing, I, he asked me, Dan, he goes, what do you want your boys to be able to say about you or your children someday? And I said, you know what? I hope my kids say that I was a really good man and um, that I loved them. Those are the two things I hope my kids would take away, the first things they'd say about me. And he goes, you know what I wanted my kids to say was that I was always there. And I thought, that's a big part of being a dad is like just being present. All you guys, as loose as we're going to get today, it's a blessing to have. I know you all know this, but to have a dad like Gordy that was just there, not only there, but pushed you, loved you, cared about you, it's a big deal. And I want to ask you all, all of these guys, everyone, are successful in their own right. All of the sons. And so I want to talk to Gordy first, and a.k.a. G-Money. Uh, <laughs> and, and Gordy, first off, both of you that aren't watching this, you have to have an appreciation too. My understanding, I mean, he's 6'6". He's a big kid, man. This is a big man, right? And one thing all of them also have that I like that I've seen 
these really big, strong men are pretty kind dudes. You know what I mean? Like they're pretty kind dudes and people like them. And, and, but Gordy, in your case, I think you played baseball. If I'm wrong, fix that. Okay. But you're right. Six years professional baseball. I went to college for baseball. Success with that. How did whatever you learned in sports, Gordy, how did that transform? Because I'm a big fan. Five pro cookies, guys. (laughs) I'm not trying to promote either. Just so you know, true story. You can ask Chris this later. I ordered, I ordered this stuff before I knew these guys. I did. And then Chris and I were talking. He's like, hey, I'm going to send you some free cookies. I go, you don't need to do it, man. I got a box of these already. Now, it turns out he did send me some. But what are the lessons from dad from sports that you're using now to build your entrepreneur businesses? What are some of the things? Um, the biggest thing I would say, you know, well, first of all, when we were coming out of college and or when I was coming out of high school, you know, my brother Dan really helped push me. And I know we were just talking about that before. I wasn't a kid who was really in the weight room. Um, and with, I could say, honestly, without my brothers, I wouldn't have got to where I was, um, on the sports field as well as playing on the professional field, um, at that type of level. Cause without that camaraderie, you know, he was always pushing to be better and he was ahead of me in, in varsity sports. And I looked back and I was like, you know, you can do, go one of two ways here. And it, and it made me a better person. It got me stronger. And then with the help of my parents, um, they were like, Hey, you can't be in Buffalo, New York, if you want to get to the next level. And you can't play baseball in the snow. So if you want to help here, we'll help you out. But, you know, you got to be willing to put in the effort. Um, so, you know, my pops taught me how to call colleges. Uh, he said, you're going to do it. It's not going to be me. I'll show you how to do it. And it made me a better person for that, you know, because I was scared, but it made me stronger. Um, and then we got on the road and went and visited colleges. And I only had one uh, scholarship, well, not even a scholarship. I had one scholarship offer and then a walk-on offer in Florida. So, I mean, the biggest thing, the camaraderie with my brothers, um, you know, when I was younger, and then the teamwork that I learned throughout the whole process. I think that's the biggest thing in business right now, is you have to put good people around you. You know, I know where I'm strong at, but I also know where I'm very weak at. And I like to put people in those seats um, to help make me a better person, and to give them better opportunities as well. And I could say, honestly, without my brothers as a team, we're just not in the same spot. We, I think we all could say the same thing. We're not where we are today um, without the teamwork. In, in the, on the baseball or on the football field and off the field with business. Yeah, it's going to seem like a weird analogy for everyone listening, and I don't mean to – I mean this as a compliment, you guys. One of the homes that I have that I live, uh, the Kardashians and Kris Jenner are my neighbors there. And, and I'm serious when I say this. I have such admiration for Kris because of what she's created for those daughters of hers. And also how they've all worked together – to build each other's brands and businesses too, right? And it's not all that different with you guys. I'm not trying to say the Gronkowskis are the East Coast version of the Kardashians, but I'm kind of saying that right now. There's a there's an element of it. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not the way y'all got there is obviously different, but it's 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 true, you know. And I'm curious in your case, Gordy, because I had this. I D1 baseball scholarship offer, and there's a lot of people that are listening. This is so just specific to you. I'll ask first. You know, the career ended, too. That was your dream, right? You busted your ass. You were undervalued when you were younger. Then you got a chance. And I know what it's like. You know, Gronk had a year of it last year, right? But when that thing ends, guys, because all of the people on this call have faced this, including me, like when your career ended, like people listening to this can relate. Their first dream ended. First relationship, first business didn't work out, you know, whatever it might be. 
What was yeah. that like for you? Was that a hard time when the, the big dream ended to find the next thing you wanted to be passionate about? Because you all know we all have friends that are former athletes that really struggle when that day's over, right? Yeah. And I've got friends that are former athletes that struggle. i got friends when the business failed, their marriage failed. They struggle the rest of their life trying to find something they're passionate about or that they're good at again. Did you have any of that at all, Gordy? I think almost every athlete, you know, because we're so competitive, kind of has that um, in them one way or another. Um, you know, it's so hard to walk away, and, and most people are walking away not on the terms they want to walk away. I think that's where the biggest challenge is. Yeah. You know, they feel like they, they left something, you know, behind that they haven't been able to finish. And I know I've been at that point, even when I was released, you know, uh, when I was hurt my third year with the Angels organization. You know, I just don't – I didn't want to go out the way I did by, you know, hurting my back. I still wanted to finish my career on the note I wanted to finish my career on. Um, and then when I got there, you know, yes, it wasn't the major leagues, but I was able to step away from minor league baseball when I wanted to step away from it. The second challenge to that, though, is when you do step away, you know, how are you preparing yourself for the real world? And I think that's where athletes have the biggest challenge because um, most athletes are either making a lot of money uh, unless you're in the minor leagues, but, you know, you go from making all that money, probably not saving it the way you should be saving it. And, and then you're now trying to find your way in the real world without really having any experience. Um, so I think those are some of the biggest challenges that a lot of athletes have, and, and they have a tough time and they struggle jumping into the real world. And I think that's where us as brothers have been able to lean on each other um, and lean on our parents, you know, to be able to take the next steps uh, once we were ready and to transition into the, you know, the business world. Yeah, the other thing, too, when you're an athlete, your schedule's regimented more. You have to be at meetings and film or BP or the gym at a certain time, and then that schedule's yours. That's a more difficult thing. And Chris, you know, by the way, this is why we're doing this interview to you guys. You should be following all these guys on social media because there's more than meets the eye with all of them. First off, it's all funny, but there's a lot of success there. And Chris, in your case, like you're a serial entrepreneur, brother, and you hustle. And your social media is strong. Like, I like following Chris. I think his posts are thoughtful. Um, wide range. We like following him, too. What's that? We like to follow him, too. There you go. And I like this. I'm being Mr. Promo today. But, like, he's part of the ice, part of the protein stuff, too. But he's also part of the ice shaker brand as well. What I like is, like, y'all are willing to take risks, too, Chris. So, this your ice shaker, the, you're all involved in this. Tell us about it a little bit, and then, like, how have you built a company? Like, a lot of people out there have a job. They're driving in their car right now, and you know this because they follow you, too, and they're like, look, I want to be an entrepreneur. I don't know exactly where to begin, but I want to be an entrepreneur. What would some of your advice be, man, on what you did to create your entrepreneur ventures because there's multiple successful ones? And then tell us a little bit about Ice Shaker, too. I appreciate it, Ed. And, uh, Matt. Cheers. Come check with me as well. But uh, man, some, so someone that's looking to be an entrepreneur, um, I always tell them first thing has to be passion. You know, whatever you're doing, you have to absolutely love because it's going to be a grind and it's going to be a long grind. And if you don't love it, you're going to give up on it early. Uh, so first find something that you absolutely love and, and take it slow. I tell people that too. Take it slow because you know, it's hard to jump all in. You can't just throw everything, you know, you have to prove it first. And that's what I did with, with my business. You know, it was a side hustle at first, uh, very, you know, small investment at first. 
until I proved it was successful. And then at that point it was, you know, let's go, let's go all in and let's go hard. And so those were really, really my two biggest things is better absolutely love it and take it slow and let it build, let it grow. Are you, do you use your social to promote? Like that's another thing you do well, right? Like you're conscious of using social media to move the brand, right? Yeah. So I, what I like to do is, you know, everything I do, I try to bring value. And you know, with that, a lot of times, um, you know, the, the product does come in the picture as well. And really that's why I love the product. You know, it was built around living a healthy, active lifestyle. And, and that's what I live. Uh, that's how I live. And so when I'm doing things, you know, the bottle's just going to show up, but everything I do with social, uh, you know, I, I really try to bring value to people. I want to give them workout tips. Uh, I want to show them what I'm eating. I want to show them the real life and I want to show them how to get real results. And that's kind of how I plan my social. Yeah. The best people, you guys, if you're listening to this as an entrepreneur too, is you are the brand on your social, just live it. Right. And if people are, you know, see you living it, they're going to want to acquire you. Like that's, I'm not kidding when I say this to you guys, like the five pro cookies, the reason I wanted these guys on because I am a client, I'm a customer of it, but it's because like all of these dudes are going to hold up the cookies. All of these dudes are jacked. They're all fit, right? Like I want to buy from someone who looks like I want to look. If I'm an entrepreneur, I want to follow a really rich guy, right? Or a rich woman. I want to follow someone who's built something successful. And then Dan, I got a unique question for you. Dan was drafted by the Lions, played for a bunch of NFL teams, like a really great athlete, a really good football player. And I know you're involved in the family's foundation and some other stuff as well. I'm curious for you, I want to ask you kind of about your role in the family. Because I know with my family, I got a couple kids. I'm kind of here through the grapevine that you're like kind of the fighter dude of the family. And I think that's like a compliment, like fighter, like you fought for everything you got, right? I mean, I think probably in, in, in Rob's case, there's some, maybe he was a little bit more physically gifted. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but just, he was just a dominant athlete. We'll talk about his fighting. Yeah, later. I, think, but, but yeah, I would, think we all fought for where we, uh, where we got. It's just, I think with Gord and, uh, and myself, um, we really led the way. I know Gordon might have had to catch up a little, but once he hit college, he was full steam ahead on All-American his, his freshman year. And I think it kind of led the way for our brothers underneath us. I mean, especially when Rob came up and he had all the talent. And he was kind of like, oh, my brothers did it. I I don't have to kind of learn like, like they did. But, uh, yeah, we're, I'm always trying to push the limits, do new things myself. And uh, – um, with the support of my brothers, I think we all do, and we all lean on each other. You have any? Was there any issues with your with? I'm curious. Be real too. With Rob having such big success, has there ever been any jealousy issues amongst the brothers in, in terms of the sports part of it? Not for me. It's more um, every once in a while I have to kind of think and be like, I actually played in the NFL too because it's you almost forget because Rob just out there he's one of the best players ever and it does over I mean outshines any of our brother's careers I mean his alone is unbelievable so you got to sit back once in a while and be like I actually did that too I it's not just Rob but I mean it's awesome what he is doing we all support him uh we're all our, our best fans so did did Gordy treat you all differently or the same I've always wondered that like are you supposed to treat to develop a family like this? Do you treat everyone the same, or did he know? Let's say, yeah, I'm making it up that you know, Glenn needed to be loved on a little bit more, and you could push Chris. Or is it like the same style, all of you, no matter what? 
I think it was the same style. I don't, I mean, I didn't grow up with any jealousy. None of us sit there and think we, we have. So if I guess, yeah, I guess it's all uh, the same then if we don't have any problems with it. So uh, I know, I know for Rob, one of them, you love the other ones. (laughs) Did you play (laughs) one of us more than the other? Yeah, does Cody love one more than the other? I'm just playing, man. Uh, I love them all the same. Put him on the spot. Don't get us going. (laughs) So, Gronk, Rob, why'd you retire, really? Give us the real story. (laughs) Oh, man, the real story. Well, first off, the name Gronk, because you just went from Gronk to Rob. Uh, What's pretty crazy is my name was never Gronk growing up. Uh, Dan was actually called Gronk basically like his whole life through high school and college. And then uh, the name just kicked in uh, when I got to the pros. I mean, I was never called Gronk uh, in college. I was never called Gronk in high school. It was, it was always Dan. So at first when I was called that name, it, it, threw, it threw me off a little bit. Really? But I mean, it, it kind of developed. And then I, I got used to it and then I inherited it. And it's, you know, it's a great name now because, I, I mean, I, I always liked the name. Dan was called it, but it was just weird at first because Dan was always called Gronk. But I, I love it now, you know. <laughs> it represents the family. Uh, but uh, I, I kind of forgot your question now. I, I would just well, 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 I, I, I want to know. <laughs> well, I did for sure. Why did you take? Did why did you retire? Were you? Oh was it, man, did you like that? See, so I forgot I your question. I'm just so, so good at you know the media. <laughs> where I go off page and we change the subject. But uh, I really didn't mean to do it. I'm just – it just naturally happens because – You're doing you know, it again right now. I know you can. That's how good I am at it. The real reason – Straight-handed, straight-handed Gonzalez are good buddies of mine. So I know you know how to professionally maneuver in that space now. But, <laughs> but what's the – give me the truth. So you were beat up a little bit. I get that. Make beat up a lot. And, you know, I don't mean that disrespectfully. I mean, I know obviously you had a lot of injuries and you'd said you'd lost a, a step, maybe a half a step. But did you retire because of the injuries or were you just tired of playing in such a regimented environment? Be real. I mean, honestly, was that an element of it? Yeah, that, that was definitely an element of it. It, it played a part uh, into it. But, uh, yes, I was, I was for sure beat up. I mean, I was going out every single week, um, out to practices, uh, you know, it, it beat up. And I, and I was going in sometimes and asking for the day off. And it's kind of like a tough environment. Like, you, you go in and ask for a day off, and, you know, the coaches look at you like, a, a day off? Like, what do you mean a day off? Everyone else is out there. And uh, I kind of, you know, I kind of set the bar really high, too, when I first got there. Because when I was a rookie, I mean, I was trying to prove myself. I was there for every rep. I was there for every practice. I was trying to jump in for extra reps. I was, you know, just giving up my body um, every single moment that I could just to prove myself. I would never take myself out. I would never say no. Uh, that's because I was a rookie. And they, and they looked, you know, they were looking at you like, oh, this guy will do anything. And then it continued on year after year after year. So then when it's going down, you know, as you get older, you're taking bigger hits. You know, you're not. Uh, recovering as quick and then I start asking for you know a couple days off and you know that I can't get the days off and stuff you know and then I'm just working through it Um, it's kind of it's kind of a tough road to do that man if you're a little beat up and you just need one more day to recover but you can't get that day to recover you know it's it's going to be a tough practice then and then you just keep getting behind more and more and more and so in that case, I mean, I wouldn't say that was everything. I would just say also playing the game of football, um, not really knowing, you know, how to recover, 
um, the way that I do now because you, you learn as you grow big time. So uh, I would say that just overall, the whole thing, I just needed a break from. You know, I need a break from practice. I need a break from games. I need a break uh, on my body because I did play football for, what, 16 years straight uh, throughout, my, throughout my life. And then on top of it, you know, in off season, we were, going, we were going ham. My brothers and I, wherever we were, we would have limo buses. And guess what? The ride home on the limo bus would be a football game. And I'm talking <laughs> when we were all in our 20s. A limo bus would be a football game. We would wake up with bruises because we would all be in the limo bus <laughs> drilling each other. So I truly never gave my body a break, never really gave my body, my mind a break. So I've been going ham basically my whole life, man. Yeah. It needed a break. I felt it. Uh, like you said, a step, a step or two behind, which I felt for sure. Uh, you know, some days I, I felt a step behind. Some other days when I was more beat up, I felt two steps behind. So uh, you know, now, you know, learning what I've learned throughout my career, though, too, uh, learning how to change things, which is great. You can always make change and develop new skills and develop how to recover. Uh, you know, it led to where I am now. And that's what led to me coming back also. So I just knew at that time I needed to get away. Um, I needed a break. Uh, you know, it, many reasons led to it. But I would just say overall, I yes, my body and mind needed to recover big time. Got you. And our, now, what do you weigh, and uh, where's that step at now, would you say? Uh, you know, I would say that, um, I've been doing a lot of football stuff now. The last, you know, over the year, I basically did everything else besides football. <laughs> like, literally every single sport besides football. So, my cardio, my, you know, my strength was, is kind of there uh, still. But, you know, you, to be in that football shape, though, to be running routes, breaking down, coming out of your route, pushing off, uh, you got to play the game of football. So the last three weeks, I've been actually doing a lot more football stuff. I've been in the backyard throwing routes, uh, running routes. Actually, just about two hours ago, Dan was throwing passes uh, to me. And, and also, I was playing defensive back, and my friend was running routes just to pick up those type of skills, too, because those are all football skills. And you never know when you got to make a tackle. you got to be ready because it happened to me before. And I, I was just going to say that. <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm about – 257 pounds right now. I range. Sometimes I'm, I, you know, I go to 262 and then I drop to 255. You know, that's how much training goes in. And that's how on top of it, you got to be that if you even miss a meal now when you're training hard, uh, your body, you know, your body can just completely deplete, deplete itself and you can lose five pounds like overnight. That's, you know, that's how intense the training can get uh, right now too. So I range and I got to, you know, definitely you know, eat a little bit more because I do want to get back to around 262, 265 permanently. I've hit it before lately, but I've dropped back down back in the 50s. So um, I'm feeling good, man. And uh, the routes, it's been going well too. Since I did like, I've been doing biking, yoga, volleyball, cornhole, ping pong, uh, air hockey, uh, name any sport, rollerblading, uh, shooting in the backyard, basketball again. Whatever you can do sports-wise, I was doing. But now it's time to pick it back up, get that football memory down. And it came right back, actually. The last two weeks, you know, the route's been crisp now. I've uh, been running, you know, some tight routes coming out of my break. So it's feeling good. Good, brother. I'm so excited. You're firing me up right now. And it's not going to hurt that the guy throwing it to you, he's throwing it to you once or twice. And Who, who Dan? My brother? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, hey, here, here's a quick story. So Dan was an all-pro quarterback in high school. This guy has every record at North High School. And we were just at North High School. And I just That's played a lie. Defense. I broke them all. 
Yeah. Be, no. Well, you broke all the receiving records. I'm talking about quarterback records. Yeah, that, so my quarterback here. broke them because I was his receiver. Oh. <laughs> 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 all right. Well, Dan, well, let me finish this story. So Dan used to have all the records before Glenn's quarterback beat them all. So now I'm going – now we're back out there. My friend's running routes. Dan's throwing him passes. I had about – I had seven interceptions today on Dan – and I had three, three of them were dropped, too. So I almost had 10 interceptions on Dan. And so he broke the record for most interceptions today. So Dan, you are back on the wall of fame the in Murray High School. Football. Got another record back. The other kid, man, who played football. So, so speaking – Playing DB against the guy who never played. Glenn in here, too. So Glenn's the baby, right, by like a long time. Right, like Glenn's the only one who threw a college touchdown pass. By the way, I had to throw that. Out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Was there pressure? And, and the only one with the running. Oh no, Rob has one. Sorry, like, legit, Glenn. So legit, like coming up with these dudes around you and your dad, Gordy. What was that? Was there a lot of pressure, or was it just like you were next? Yeah, I do want to say one of the traits you left off that are dad taught us in the very beginning of this was our dance moves so if you've never <laughs> seen these dance moves before you got to make sure you check them out because one of the traits that he taught us most right there yeah. oh. but, I've, seen, <laughs> I've seen some clips from the gronk cruises and <laughs> i'm hoping that that was alcohol involved because based on that your dad was not a very good teacher what's that so, so I'm curious, kind of face plan on the Grand Cruise. In, in <laughs> yeah. your face plan, so you're involved. What, stu what is Studio Blitz? Am I saying that right? And what Stadium is Stadium Blitz? Okay, Stadium <laughs> Blitz. Stadium <laughs> Blitz. Okay. But I, I will say, uh, to go back to your earlier question. That what I always tell people is, I was fortunate enough to have brothers to look up to, brothers who led at, with a good example. Um, I don't know if I if I didn't have that, if I would have got to where I was. Um, as Gore was mentioning earlier, we were all down there. He wasn't a big person that was working out. I was kind of the same way when I was in eighth grade. And we actually did a competition. Gord called me. He's like, hey, let's do this challenge. Uh, we're going to do a challenge for the next two months. And if you don't work out, you owe the other person, I think it's $50, $50 maybe. So every single day, we'd have to record ourselves working out. We'd have to text each other what we did. Um, so for 60 days straight, I started to work out. And I didn't miss a day because when I'm in eighth grade, 50 bucks, I'm like, I can't, I can't pay him 50 bucks. I can't, I mean, I hope he doesn't work out because I want 50 bucks from him. That's, that's like a whole year of supplies right there. So that was kind of the way we always pushed each other. Um, that kind of got me motivated once obviously you fall in that habit of working out every day, just continues. So to have those brothers, brothers there to push you, I always tell people, find somebody that believes in you, that believes in the things you're doing and want to see you succeed and also help them out at the same time. So I think that's definitely one of the biggest things that we had as brothers growing up. It's a big deal, you guys that are listening to this, to have some family support, man, for the things that you're doing. It's a huge, it's a huge deal. It, 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 I'm, I'm curious, in the family, though, who would you say, just, I want, who is the wildest of you? Was there one that's the most wild of the entire group, or is it? We all are in our own way, I'd say. You seem more, <laughs> you seem more close to me. I'm serious. <laughs> You seem just to see what Glenn wears on his head when he starts out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I see more. I see more what? I, I missed that. You have to see what you wear on your head. Oh, when 
Oh, I know. I heard you. <laughs> How come it always goes back to that? I read. No, I read people. Too funny. You seem like I don't know. You seem the. Um, you strike me as the as a little as a slightly reserved, like in a good. I don't mean that in a bad way. Maybe I'm completely. Yeah. No, because I'm the smartest one in the family. That's why. I <laughs> yes, graduated two with like, two degrees. Graduated two degrees, three point nine overall average, all while playing college sports. Had to donate one to Rob so he could have a degree. But no, we always put academics first. Chris got a degree from Harvard. Dan was a Rhodes Scholar applicant. He could have went and did that. Instead, he chose to go to the NFL. Rob has a degree from me. Gord has a degree in partying. I mean, for sure. So, Big Gordy, talk about that. I want to hear. Oh, I want to hear. Gosh. Athlete kids. In all seriousness, you made school a big deal, Gordy. So talk about that for a minute. Raising sons like this, how important school is. I don't think anybody here can play football to the eighth grade, right? Isn't that right? Right. Exactly right. And cool. that, But no, school came first. No matter what, school came first. And there's actually times that I sat them out of games and that just because, you know, they didn't do their work. And then they didn't think they had to. And I said, no, school comes first. And it's all said and done. You better have an education, you know, to back you up when you go out in the real world. And my wife, my ex-wife, she did a great job at that. My job was to get them into sports and, you know, keep them on that road, you know, keep them on that straight path and that. But she did a heck of a job educating them. That was her job. And I'll tell you, some of them were like Gordy. He was a tough kid because he lost his attention real quick. And she had the patience to sit there all night with him and get the job done. And she did a great job at that. You think they're all entrepreneurs because you were Gordy? Tell them about your business too, because you've been. Here's what Gordy has over everybody on this call. He's been a successful entrepreneur for multiple decades. Everybody himself. Okay. Do you think they all became entrepreneurial because they watched Dad do that? You think that's part of it? Oh, there was a huge influence. Huge influence. And when you go play sports and that, it's and you're educated. It's a deadly combination. It's a combination for success. Because what you learn in sports is incredible. And that's what I always tell And like the one said before, I forgot who said with the passion and that. And I said, once you find something you love and you have the passion, surround yourself by great people and it's all going to work out for you. But you got to want it. And if you don't want it, you know, don't waste your time doing it. And that's what I told them in sports. I'll get you where you want to go. But if you don't want to do it, that's okay. You know, but don't waste my time. But they saw how hard I worked. I worked six years straight without a day off because I was a president of an oil company and I started my business on the side. I worked six years without a day off just to you know, get it going. And then once finally got going enough where I could jump ship and just do my company by itself. But I've been in business for 30 years now and I employ over 100 people, have 13 retail stores. I'm in 11 different states. And uh, it's been a great ride and it's fantastic and to see I'm in the health and fitness business and to see what I do and help people and make them feel better about themselves and go out there and look good and, and that's what it's all about and and coming into my store and I sell you a $3,000 treadmill and I know you're going to use it it's the greatest feeling I have and the greatest accomplishment I mean you go and you go sell a Mercedes or something that's just show it it doesn't do anything for a person and that, but when you work on, you get in and you, you get fit. And that's what I brought my kids up, you know, stay fit, 
and it it always and keep that mind strong and keep it in that school and educate and it's a dead, like I said it's a deadly combination for success. Are you guys all hearing this that are listening or if you're watching this? I mean, are you hearing the success from dad to each of these sons, guys? It's it's unbelievable in their family, and I'm convinced. I'm asking the sons of this. Whoever wants to jump in can. I think a lot of things in life are caught, not taught. Meaning, it's not like like I'm a hard worker, right? I think, anyway, I'd like to think I am. My dad never sat me down and goes, work hard. I watched my dad work hard. I caught that from my dad. I think some of the greatest lessons you guys all embody weren't necessarily just things dad said to you, but you caught them from him. What's some stuff, some of the, look, there's guys that could have gone to Wharton here. There's, you know, Ivy League degrees. There's million dollar earning entrepreneurs. There's NFL Hall of Famer, in Rob's case, not a Hall of Famer, but he's the greatest player of all time in his position. NFL just named him with the number two or three player of the decade, right? Like, what did you guys catch from dad? Anybody that wants to jump in. Something you caught from your I'll, old Rob, go ahead. I'll start it off. I mean, growing up um, as a kid, you know, even when we weren't young enough, you know, to hop in the weight room, uh, because my dad got us started in, uh, in, at about eighth grade, but he was always in the basement. And as a kid waking up, I would always hear my dad in the basement grunting, oh, 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 working out. And like, we would always laugh at his grunts, but at the same time, it like inherited into us uh, his work ethic. And we wanted to get down there with him because we were like, wow, that's cool. Our dad, our dad is grunting down there. What is he doing down there? We want to grunt with him. So it just took it. It just took in a, into us, you know. And uh, eventually, when we got old enough, uh, my dad started working out with us, and he taught us the way how to work out. And we just joined him. I mean, obviously, he talked about Gore not joining and everything, but that's <laughs> when my brother came and picked him up, uh, which is which is something special too, uh, for sure. But we wanted to be like my dad. He's in the basement working, and you want to be like your father. You see him working out. You saw he had. Big muscles, big strong arms, a big chest. Uh, always, you know, showing off his chest because his chest is is pretty diesel, um, for sure. So we wanted to be like him, and that's what you know. That's what brought us together, uh, for that's sure. Really downstairs cool. in the basement. That's really cool. Anybody else? I'll Anybody say that still continues that? today too. So if you go home and you're sleeping there, he'll wake you up at 7 a.m. because he's still grunting in the basement every day. So <laughs> he, he's still crushing it. At the, if you're on YouTube, that's why he looks like that, you guys. Anything else, you guys, you caught from dad? Do you just want to share? I'm just curious. I mean, I think people are fascinated. How do you have all these sons successful? You're successful yourself. And then also, you know what, you guys? There's not been a lot of trouble. You know, I'm not I, – I, obviously, I wouldn't want to know all the behind the scenes of five professional athlete brothers. Let's just leave it at that, right? But there's been no real trouble. And that's unbelievable. As high profile as you guys all are – the success you've all had. There's a lot to be said for, you know, the way you've conducted yourselves overall as a family publicly as well. I want to acknowledge that with all of you. I mean, I know y'all have a good time. You're known for that, but it's a big deal. You know, there's been no scandal, no crazy thing happened for any of you. Anything else you guys all caught from dad? Anybody, Chris, anyone? Yeah, I'll say um, I, I definitely caught this. I don't think I put it into action yet. Uh, but I think it was the way that he coached us as kids. You know, he was the coach that wanted everybody to play every single position. He wanted everybody to know all the fundamentals. So he was that guy that wasn't just going to play us and pitch us and 
make us play first base or shortstop because we're the best players. And we were, but he wanted every single other player to be very good as well. So we always won because every player was good. Every player knew the fundamentals. Every player had a chance. Even if the player didn't want to play, he said, hey, you're going in, you're playing shortstop because he wanted everyone to be a part of the team. So I think that was something that we just caught. And I think that's something that I want to 100% show to my kids and do when I coach teams as well. That's beautiful. So you, you guys, I'm gonna, we'll do a little bit more here, just a couple more minutes. I want to make sure we get as much from this family as I can. By the way, it's gone a lot more smoother with six of you than I thought it was. It's been pretty good. Because <laughs> we're gentlemen uh, and we all let each other take, uh, take a turn. Yeah, as <laughs> well. I got to. I got to. I got to tell you though. One thing I watch, even watching you guys now, I when I teach entrepreneur stuff or when I go speak to even you know sports teams, one of the things I'm kind of known for saying is you know everyone talks about the mental side of winning, right? Visualization, you know, um, all the mental positive aspects. But I think winning is as much mental. But I actually think winning is even more environmental than just mental. Like, you know, Rob comes from, whether it was difficult to work in or not in New England, it was an environment, an environmental winning, right? And not all that different, a different environment is this family. And little things create environment. And one of the things Gordy did, and Gordy, I want you to talk about this, was kind of, and I, I think it's, it seems small and it's not, and maybe even the boys don't even appreciate it, but was the fridge was like what you would post on the refrigerator and how that became something in the family to some extent as well, right? Talk about that for a minute, Gordy, because I think that creates environment in a house, in competition. What did you do with that stuff? Did you post like accolades or messages? Yeah, I, I posted everything on there. I mean, a lot of it, you know, came from famous coaches, famous quotes. And I also did when somebody screwed up, when a major athlete screwed up. I put the article up there and explained to them, hey, don't think you're above the law because, you know, you're not. And the bottom line is every little thing I could think of went up on that refrigerator to get them motivated and keep them on a straight and narrow path. And I think, you know, they used to get up and probably said, oh, God, here, dad goes again, put another thing up there. But I think they all read them. I think they read them and they got something out of them. And I just coached them that way. Every time I saw some great, line you know and I always I was very competitive I hated to lose and I think they hate to lose too if you saw when they play tennis in the yard or pick up basketball game against each other I mean it's furious I mean we play cards Rummy 500 and you got to see us I mean me and Rob last night we were going at it you know but I did beat them by five points but but anyway it's or just cornhole uh, the other night what happened then yeah <laughs> but everything we do it. I mean, we really push, push, and it's very competitive. And like I always said about, like Vince Lombardi said, hey, second place is for losers. And why not? You know, funny story. We used to play volleyball with my um, ex-wife and that, and she always used to get so mad because she goes, oh, why don't you just do this for fun? Why don't you just calm down? You know. And I just said, well, it's fun to win. You know, you can have fun, but winning's better, and you can have fun and win. You know, so. To me, I'm, I'm always competitive. I have to win. Yeah. And I think that got breeded into my kids. You know, hey, winning, you know, it, and you got to win the right way and you got to lose the right way. You know, and if you do lose, you know, hey, why, why did you lose? You know, and you go back. And, and that's what I saw in my kids. You know, they realized they were missing a step here or they weren't catching a ball right or something. And they would go back to that and they would catch them. I mean, my son Gordy, 
his hips were closed shut. He was, he was it was god awful to watch him play baseball when he was a young kid because he was slower than molasses. He used to hit the crap out of the ball, but he was so slow. And I, you know, once Gordy got into it, and he said, "Yeah, Dad, this is what I want to do." I said, "All right, Gordy, here we go." So I took him to a, a doctor, a physical therapist, and then we checked him out, and his hips were locked tight. And that kid went down in that basement two hours every day just working on his hips, you know, to be the best out there. And that's what I told him. You got to work, and you got to work hard, and you got to have the passion and the love for it. And he did. And I, just to see that, that they got that drive from me, you know, never to quit. You know, and just keep on going till you can get it right. And I think it definitely went down into them. And I, I love watching them because they're so competitive. And and they just, if they're not, they get there. They read about it and they get there and they be the best. And that's how they are in business too. They're always learning and calling me and asking me, hey, what do you think about this? And and it's just a great feeling as a dad to see all that and see that we all come together and we're all so close. And I tell everybody, I tell those guys, hey, I never want to see you, you know, fight with, you know, hate each other, not talk to each other and all that, because we're a family and we love each other and we all stick together and we all help each other. And that's what we do. And as a dad, it's one of the greatest feelings ever to see that. A great family, man. You should be really proud of yourself. Like, seriously, I, there's no perfect family. I know you all know stuff that you know about the other dude, but you're a great family. About the competition thing, it's counterculture right now. And it's even easier to win now if you sow competition into your family or into your company. I mean, not one of the dudes here didn't eventually quote something they beat the other guy on or some achievement they've had the other one didn't have. And I always say winning is more fun than fun is fun, right? And all of these guys have won. And I know that in your companies, you guys foster competition as well. Like it's a big deal to be competing in your companies. And you know, I've enjoyed today, but I want to finish with something. I mean, I've had a good time with it. And, but I, I'm curious from each of you, there's millions of people that are listening to this. And hopefully millions that watch it, but I know millions listen to it. And all of them want to turn some element of their life around. Not all of them are going to be an NFL Hall of Fame tight end. Not all of them are going to be a million-dollar entrepreneur. Not all of them are going to be a father of five really wonderfully successful sons. But they want to win. They want to know, they want to do what Gordy just described. They want to get some winning in their life again. And let's just be honest. In the world today, especially the last three, four months, between corona and all the crises going on in the world and some of the things with police and all these other things, feels like there's not a lot of winning happening. Sports haven't been on television. A lot of businesses that were started have failed. A lot of people have lost their jobs. A lot of savings has gone. Quite frankly, a lot of people who were getting fit aren't because they couldn't go to the gym. Just a lot of stuff, right? And so if these millions of people could sit with this family in your living room and you all five were there and they said, I want to win. Like, I'd like to start a business or I'd like to lose some weight or, you know, I'd like to develop something I'm proud of in my life. Is there any piece of advice any of you guys would say, hey, man, I know what I'd tell them right now. What would it be? And that's a hard question. And I hope I, everyone's around to the end because it might be yeah, the best. What, what I would – what I would say, seriously, you got to take care of yourself first before you do anything. Because if you don't love yourself, you can't love anybody else. And you can't be successful in life. You'll just go around life being miserable if you, if you don't love yourself. And to love yourself, you got to take care of yourself. And, and that's what I taught my kids. Take care of yourself. Get in the basement. You know, don't get sloppy in that. And use your mind all the time. Because once you stop using your mind, I mean, 
you go. I mean, you go fast. You got to use your mind constantly. Think of new ways. Like you said, the corona and uh, yeah, it's here and that, but think of new ways. Think of new business ways right now. We're all bouncing things off of each other, how to keep the businesses going and what we can do on the internet or whatever we got to do to keep them all going, throwing new ideas at each other. But to me, I think it all starts by taking care of yourself. Good answer. Anybody else? Or is that, that might be too good. Rob, you're nodding your head. Did you want to say something? Yeah, that was, that was because it was a great answer. And I have to totally agree because uh, I would say at some point in my career, I wasn't really taking care of myself and it led down the road of me retiring. I mean, I would say if I took care of myself the proper way from 20 to 30 years old, I probably would have, you know, it would have been a different decision. Uh, I would probably say at the time I retired. I mean, if I was beat up and everything, but if I did everything proper when I was 20 all the way to 30, I mean, hence, uh, you know, you got to learn, uh, you know, learn techniques, learn ways to take care of yourself. It's not just all given to you and you just don't know. So you got to go through tough times in order to find different ways also. But uh, like my dad said, take care of yourself. And that's what I've done the last year or two. And then you can bounce right back when you do that. Great answer. Anybody else, you guys? I think, yeah, I think another another thing is what you learned. We did. You learn a lot of this when you play in the NFL. Is uh, don't don't take the highs uh, or don't make the highs too high and the lows too low because uh, it's never as good as you think and it's never as bad as you think. So that just goes for I mean the coronavirus and and stuff like that. It's uh, it's yeah, it's it's bad going on out there, but it's it's not as bad as you really think. What can you do to better yourself right now? Um, so when this is all done, how can you come out of it better? Uh, get put a good support system around you. That's what we have. So we bounce ideas off each other, and um, if you're prepared and stuff, you can always make your way through it and come out even better at the end. I think that's what we're seeing with our, a lot of our businesses is. We've prepared ourselves. We have a bunch of businesses and ideas that we can always put them in play um, and work with each other to really come out on top in the end. And a situation you think is bad, um, in the end, could come out actually really good. Yeah. Dan, you hit that right on, especially in the NFL, man. If, uh, if you get you know on a high and then you get too high, you always get knocked back down, I swear. That, that's just yep. like in the NFL. And when you get too low on yourself in the NFL and, and then you get too low on that too low, it's so hard to bounce back then in the NFL. So you just, you just always got to stay steady. That was perfectly well said, bro. <laughs> Thank you. I, I'll add on kind of what I said earlier is just always surround yourself with good people, people that are positive, get rid of all the negativity in your life and just surround the Surround yourself with people that believe in you, that want to see you achieve your best, and really get with that person and, and go all in and, and go after it for sure. Wow, really good. Anybody I mean, we, else? Like I said, we were fortunate enough to all have each other growing up. It's kind of like that, but I know there's a lot of people out there that don't have that support. Um, doing it alone is a lot different than doing it with somebody who holds you accountable, and you just gain so much more value from um, having someone else that's there with you during it all. Anyone else? Is that good? That was a good point, uh, Glenn just said, because they used to bring kids around here and I didn't like them. And basically, when they were kids and that, I said, hey, why are you hanging out with this guy? You know, he's not going nowhere in life. Hang out with positive people. People are going places and, uh, and get rid of this kid. And, and I preach that all the time. 
hang out with good, good, solid people and good families. And that's going to take you a long way in life. Well, this has been, guys, I didn't know we were going to get this deep or this good, but like, that's from this that people will play back. Like, I'm kind of weird because when we do the show, I'm thinking, which one of these will make the good Instagram clip for the minute to promote? And there's like 14 of them in the interview. You know, sometimes you're trying to find one. This has been so good. And, you know, I want to say one thing, you know, right now when we're shooting this, everybody, it's sort of in the middle of this really tense time with, with George Floyd and the terrible murder that took place there. And, you know, people have asked me, I don't, I don't know what I could do. I'm always, you know, words are great, but actions are better to the point of what all these guys have said. And getting people out of your life is what Gordy just said is a big deal. Getting negative people out of your life, get them out. One step you could take if you want to help the world and you're worried about the race things that are happening, you all got that one friend. You know who I'm talking about. We all got that one dude who kind of is on the borderline. He tells you those stupid jokes. He's got that little racist strain to him. You know who I'm talking about. Right when I said it, you thought of the dude, right? Get that mf out of your freaking life. That's the first step you could take. Get that dude. Get negative people out of your life. Get people to drain your energy out of your life. And if you want to take one small step towards doing something great for race relations in this country, get those people out of your damn life. They don't belong in it. And the last thing I want to say, I want to acknowledge the family. Everyone listening to this, guys, one, I've enjoyed this. And all of you listening to this, support the Gronkowski family business. We've covered most of them today. But the ones we missed, follow all of them on social media. We're going to put all their names up here on the YouTube. Follow them. Get involved in their journey. Learn from them. I'll tell you right now, you're going to get more fit. You're going to get more inspired. You're going to laugh. And you're going to grow from all these guys. All of them will bring you something, right? But I want to say one thing about Gordy with, with his boys here that – I say this often, but I come from an average, ordinary family, you guys. And I think when you look at successful families like the Gronkowskis, right, or you look at any rich family, you think, man, they've always been that way. And in every family that's successful, in every family that eventually wins, in every family that's eventually not middle class or poor anymore, one person shows up. It's always the one. One person changes that family tree, and they fight for their family to change their lives. And their family tree is different forever. And so if you don't come from a family that's successful, a successful family can come from you. You can change that. Gordy's that dude. These sons come from that guy right there. And Gordy did something to change his family. He didn't come from a successful family, loving family, but didn't have a great dad. None of, no one was super wealthy. No one was running away to Harvard every single year. And he changed his family because he fought for them. Six years without a day off. In the gym, grinding, five boys, all successful, all educated, except Rob, and a Hall of Fame football player. For real. It's amazing. And, and I thank Gordy and the Gronkowskis for all of you. You want to go, I can change my family tree forever. And the elements of it, we covered them today. And they may fly right by you. Yeah, post stuff on the fridge, create a positive environment, have some competition, have some mental toughness, catch the work ethic from you. You know what? Be a good person. Become entrepreneurial. Get fit. These are the elements of how you change your family forever. And, Gordy, I just want to acknowledge you, man. You have five wonderful sons, but I just want to say that to you, brother. You changed your family tree forever, and these five boys are your legacy. It's really cool, and you should be really proud of all of them. And I'm inspired by all of you. So, Gordy, congratulations. Thank you, Ed.
And gentlemen, I'm proud of you. And I'm here for all of you to help you in your businesses, in your life, anything you ever need. You got me in your corner. And everyone, remember this. Follow these guys on social. And for me on Instagram, I run the two-minute drill every day. I make a post at 7.30 Pacific every day. And when I make that post, two minutes, you comment, you can win. You can win a ride on my jet, see me speak, max out gear, coaching calls, all kinds of cool stuff. Sometimes coaching calls with my guests. If you miss the first two minutes, I'll make a comment on every post I make every day. It doesn't matter what time. And reply to other people's comments. It increases your chance of winning. And share this show. People need to know this story about this family and the elements of building a great family, great businesses, great lives. And gentlemen, all of you, thank you. Today was awesome. I really appreciate it. Thank all right, you. Dude. Thank you, Ed. Right, thanks. Thanks. Hey, right, Max out. Flexing, Louis Grant, flexing. Awesome. Hey, you got to upgrade that line rack. <laughs> so I can show you. Hey, hey let's go. <laughs>